And if you're just uh, joining with us, uh, we've been kind of going through the book of Ephesians uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, we started there in January, and we're just about ready to uh, finish up here out of Ephesians 4. And uh, we've been kind of looking at the specific um, sins that uh, Paul has been mentioning that should not be part of the new believer's life. And if you have been transformed uh, by the uh, work of the cross, if your life has been radically changed by Jesus Christ, these things are not supposed to be part of your life. And uh, we've already looked at uh, uh, the thing about putting away falsehood and speaking truth. And then last week we covered about um, not allowing uh, sinful anger to be part of your life, but rather instead uh, using righteous anger uh, in order to uh, handle certain sinful uh, situations that you might be faced with. And this morning, as we continue here in Ephesians, we're going to be kind of looking at a rather interesting verse here in verse number 28, and it's about stealing. And at first glance, as you look at this, you, you wonder why would Paul include a verse about stealing uh, in this letter to these Christians at Ephesus. And I, I do believe that there were believers that may had a past life of, of stealing. They made that kind of as a profession. Or there might be, have been believers that were still uh, living a life of thievery. And Paul says you need to put it away, get it out of your life. And, uh, you know, we look at this, we kind of wonder, well, why in the world would we devote an entire message on stealing? I mean, why, why would we talk about uh, something like this? I mean, is it really just stealing a, a problem for unbelievers and people that, that do not know the Lord? Uh, but in reality, you know, because of the wickedness and the deceitfulness of our hearts, um, stealing uh, just isn't a problem for, for unbelievers. Uh, people don't need much encouragement to steal. Uh, I think many times people rationalize stealing things by thinking things like uh, if there's no chance of getting caught or we might think if it's something you really need and you can use it or if it's a small item that won't be missed uh, if you figure that the company or government agency can afford it, or you might even rationalize that everyone else takes little things. But in the reality, God tells us to put stealing away. Stop stealing. And stealing is a widespread human problem. Uh, think of all the hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax dollars that go unreported every year. What about internet theft and identity theft? Stealing is a very huge problem. According to the National Retail Security Survey inventory, theft cost U.S. retailers over $31 billion a year. Just from people taking things. So why would Paul here put this uh, in the letter here? Why would he talk about stealing? Theft is a very huge temptation for us as Christians living in this very evil world that we live in. In the context here, in, in our text here that Paul's talking about, he's giving us this list of a number of, of, of past sins that should not be part of our life. 
that we must put these off, renew our minds, and then put on the new man, which is created after Christ Jesus. And this is really the true gospel change with any sinful habit or behavior. Um, so if you find yourself that you are uh, in a sinful pattern of, of sin or behavior, you can change if you are a believer in Christ. You stop doing it, you renew your mind, and you put on the new man, which is created after Christ Jesus. And so that's kind of what we've been covering here over the last uh, past few weeks um, as we've been looking at these uh, behaviors that Paul tells us to put away and put off. And we'll see here just in a moment that Paul does not really give any reason for um, why people steal. But I believe uh, throughout scripture we can find some reasons why people do steal. And Paul is just saying here basically stop stealing because you are a Christian and you are supposed to live differently now. You are supposed to be a different person because of the power and the work of Jesus Christ in your life. So I want to examine these reasons here very briefly of why I believe people do steal or they are tempted uh, to steal. So let's look at our text here. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 28. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. I believe the first reason why people do steal is because stealing comes from not truly being converted. You see, the Christian life is more than just being moral. There are, there are many unbelievers in this world that are very moral human beings. They might even pride themselves of being moral. And so if we're going to be something different... It's more than just being moral. Christ has resurrected us from dead works to new life in him. He's changed us. He's transformed us. And if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation, you have been resurrected to new life. And so it's more than just about being moral. People can change from being thieves to being honest apart from the gospel. But that is just moralism. You see, many unbelievers, they really pride themselves about being honest people. But apart from God giving a person a genuine change of heart, they are prone to thievery. Listen to what the words of what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. He says, from within... Out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, and wickedness as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these, he says, all of these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. So if stealing proceeds from within our hearts, the problem cannot be truly dealt with until there is a supernatural change when a person encounters the gospel and they are changed from within, from within the hearts. 
That's why the Bible describes this new birth that must be evident in a person's life. And so stealing comes from not truly being converted. He must be something different. When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. <laughs> when is a thief no longer a thief? When he's something else. Not when he just stops stealing, but when he is something different. When he is something else. That is true gospel change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen to this warning that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11. through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says this, Such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. You see, the good news is that Jesus can, can change us and save us from any and all of all those sins that were listed. God can deliver you through the power of the cross. But Paul's warning indicates that a person may make a profession of faith in Christ and they may say, I know the Lord, but if they are habitually continuing to live in that type of sin with no remorse, with no repentance, he says, do not be deceived because you will not inherit the kingdom of God if that type of lifestyle is what you continue in with no gospel true change. Listen to what Jesus said to people that would come up to him in Matthew chapter 7, 23. The Lord will say on that day, I never knew you. Not, I used to know you, but I don't know. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, while believers may fall into these types of sins because we have a deceitful heart, because we uh, have an old sin nature, if we are striving and if we are fighting against the temptations, we are fighting against the sin, that is a great thing because that shows that there is true gospel change that has happened in your life. But if you go on through your life with no desire to change, no desire of, you know, I really have no repentance or no remorse over this type of sin. Paul warns us and says, do not be deceived because you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I urge you, 
If you have not truly trusted in Jesus Christ, you've turned from your sin, you've repented of your sin, and you've turned to Christ, if you have not done that, I urge you to heed the words of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe the gospel. Turn to Christ. Christ was crucified. He was punished in your place. He took upon sin upon himself. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took your sin. He was crucified. He died. He was buried and he resurrected with all power to bring about change in anyone who repents and turns to Christ. And so stealing comes from not truly being converted. Let's look at a second thing of where stealing comes from. So if we're going to be something different, secondly, stealing comes from not trusting God to supply your needs. Because of the deceitfulness and the wickedness of our hearts, we many times live for the here and now. You know why prosperity gospel preaching is so popular? Because it's all about you. It's all about what you need and what you want. And the Bible tells us that we are not supposed to be living just for here and now, but we are supposed to be looking towards eternity. We're supposed to be living for eternity. And so a person who steals is obviously not trusting God. He is rather disobeying God and probably justifying it by thinking, well, I've got to do what I got to do in order to survive. So how do we change that? We must be something different. We must stop stealing and start trusting God for our finances through prayer and financial faithfulness. You see, God not only wants you to pray, but he also wants you to work hard. We all need to depend upon God through our prayer to provide our basic needs. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 11. Give us this day our daily bread. So we are supposed to be praying that God would provide instead of taking or trying to get what we can. You see, part of trusting God for adequate finances is that we act within our financial faithfulness. In other words, you can't ask God to provide for you your financial needs at at the same time that you're squandering his resources on careless living. I can't tell you how many times that I've, I've received phone calls from people. Um, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And yes, we want to be helpful. We want to help people. But I'm sorry, we're not here to pay your cable bill. We want to be helpful to people. But if people are squandering what God has so graciously provided for them and they're not using it correctly then that stealing comes from not trusting God to supply for their needs you know since I have been here I have not spoken on giving I was just talking with the other elders about that the other day I said you know I have not talked about giving 
But I, I do believe that this passage does lend to this about stealing. Um, in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8, uh, it says, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. In the book of Acts, we read of Ananias and Sapphira who sold some property and kept back a portion for themselves and lied to God. Now, I don't want to spoil the ending for you because it's really doesn't end too good for them. But you think about that. People that steal from God, people that take from God what God is already owns everything. And God gives you to be a good steward of it. And if we're not being good stewards of it, we are, we are stealing from God. So stop stealing and be something different. Trust God for your finances and be a faithful steward of his resources that he so freely gives you. So stealing comes from not trusting God to supply our needs. Here's a third thing of where stealing comes from. Stealing comes from being lazy. Look what Paul says again. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. You see, the thief doesn't want to work, so he steals instead. We have all received the bogus emails, the weird phone calls uh, from people trying to swindle you out of your money. You know, oh, if you send me this, I'll send you this. And oh, if you do this, I'll do that. And you think about, boy, if those people would just put in a hard, good day's work with all the scheming that they go through, they'd be multimillionaires. But in reality, they do not want to work because they are lazy. And so they, they're thieves and they're, they're trying to steal from other people because they are lazy. Thieves are often lazy people. In August of 2008, a successful stockbroker was arrested for embezzling an estimated $64.8 billion. It was one of the largest Ponzi schemes in world history and the largest financial fraud in all of U.S. history. You may have remembered his name, Bernie Madoff. He made off with all those millions of dollars. Right now, he is serving a 150-year prison sentence. And you think, wow. Maybe if he would have just done things right, he could have actually had a life. But he was lazy. And he devised a Ponzi scheme to steal from people. You see, some lazy people manage to hold down jobs, but they're still prone to steal whenever they see an opportunity. They don't want to work hard and be disciplined with their money. They see stealing as an easy and quick way to get ahead. Laziness is at the root of their sin of stealing. Stop stealing, Paul says, and be something different. Well, what are we supposed to be then, Paul? Look what he says. But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. That word labor means hard work or toil. God ordained work as a good thing. 
Adam was given work to do in the garden before the fall. He was actually given a job, and it was, it was joyous to Adam. It was something that he enjoyed. And while Paul's mention here of working with our hands does not prohibit uh, management or any type of desk job, the idea is that if you are laboring, if you are toiling, if you are putting a, a hard day's work in for, a, for, a, a, for an honest living, Paul says that is noble. That is something that you're supposed to be doing. It's a good way to make a living. It's good to stop stealing and to start working. But the change for the Christian is more than that. You see, this is what I love about the gospel. The gospel brings change in our life. But it just kind of adds that little extra touch that just really sets it apart from anything and everything else. Paul goes on one step further. Look what he says here. Lastly, number four. Stealing comes from selfishness and greed. People who steal are selfish and greedy because they do not care about others or think about others' needs, but only about themselves. They want what they want and they will take advantage of others to get it. Often such selfish people think they owe it to me or I deserve it. But Paul here in our text tells us those who have come to know Christ, who've put off the old man, who have renewed their minds and who have put on the new man, which is created after Christ Jesus in righteousness and holiness. He tells us they are supposed to have a different view now of how they are supposed to use their money. Look what he says. They've stopped stealing. They're working with their hands, doing honest work. But to what end? I was selfish and greedy, but now I'm supposed to be looking for opportunities to serve and to give so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. You see, the person who works so that he can accumulate more and more stuff tearing down barns and building greater barns, the person that continues to live that way, okay? Paul says that he is selfish and they are greedy. And so he says here the change that is needed is that they are supposed to work with their hands, making an honest living, and what they used to take for themselves, now they are looking for opportunities to bless others. That is true gospel change. I must commend this church family. And I've received testimony after testimony of others who uh, know about this ministry that have been here, who have been blessed in some way by this congregation. But this is a church family that gives and gives, and gives, and gives. And that truly is a blessing. That God has blessed you so much that we can be a giving church to those that are in need. And so here, Paul says... In order for us to be something different, 
We no longer need to be selfish and greedy, but to look for opportunities to bless people. And so may this serve as a reminder to us that we need to constantly be looking for those that we can bless and help because God has so blessed us that we in turn bless others. Let's pray together. Thank you.